Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another edition of Gate 7 International. I will be your host for tonight, Kostas Llanos, or Kostas with a K, and I am joined by none other than my fellow my fellow co-hosts, my fellow hosts, Kostas Levoyanis or Kostas with a C, and of course, Dimitris Quimtsidis. Guys, good afternoon, good evening. Hi, Kosta with a K and Kosta with a C. Afternoon, oh. evening, morning, wherever you are. I would ask you how you are, but I have a feeling we're going to get into this uh, real soon. Uh, but uh, of course, uh, before we get into any of uh, tonight's action, we have a lot to say. If you haven't done so already, or if you're just joining the channel and you're new, please do not forget to like and subscribe and also share. Uh, sharing is caring. Uh, if you could share this uh, clip on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, we are everywhere, guys. So please do like and subscribe as it helps the uh, it helps the algorithm and it helps spread the word to the entire global Olympiacos community. And if you would like, we would love to have you on Patreon. Uh, you could join us for some exclusive content, some never-before-seen clips, some very, very exclusive clips, whether that's interviews that are coming up, whether that is uh, Ariz's amazing deep dives. We're expecting, I guess, we are expecting at least two more signings, and Aris will be sharing all the things that no one shares, uh, especially across Greek media. So do join us on patreon.com slash gate7intl. That is patreon.com slash gate7intl. N T L. Well, guys, uh, I guess that brings us to our uh, to what we saw tonight. In normal circumstances, we would be celebrating an incredible three-two victory that would have seen Olympiacos coming back, coming back from a two-goal deficit to beating a very strong Ajax team, three-two, and it would have been an amazing comeback story. But alas. The referee, VAR, someone else, had other plans, another opinion. A clear goal by Yoros Masuras disallowed. And then an even clearer penalty from Callens on Fran Navarro was disallowed as well. A lot, of more, a lot more things happened after the whistle, but let's take it one thing at a time. I will start with you here there, Costa. I would love to have your opinion on the match and what you saw. Um, first of all, Happy New Year. I haven't been on the show for a while, so I want to wish Happy New Year to all our followers. Um, thanking everyone for our support wherever you are. Um, you're the reason we we keep this going. We will have Olibiagos. Uh, the mission of this podcast is always to to spread the love, make more Olibiagos fans uh, around the world and bring together Olibiagos fans from all over the world. So Happy New Year to to everyone that's tuning in and um, wishing you good health uh, above all else and uh, enjoy. Now, <laughs> wasn't so much of a joyous occasion today, although I have to say after the La Mia game, I really wasn't expecting much today um all i was expecting going into today's game was that the players give some sort of response because i was even hesitant as to what they could actually give what was what they were able to give today um i think that most olibiagos fans would be 
reasonably happy with what they saw in terms of some um, grit, aggression on the pitch, some some like you know some aggressive fouls that we made in the first half. Uh, Rodine, uh, Heze, uh, Navarra up front. I liked his his pressure um, on on the Ike defense. It's you know something we couldn't see with Jovetic playing uh, previously. So I think. You know, Fran Navarro is a player that I would like to see in a healthy Olympiagos team, ideally. But this is this is what it is. In terms of um, in terms of how this, the game's gone today, I mean, there's one thing I disagree with you, Costa, in what you said earlier, is that there's no guarantee that we would have won the game. The the penalty and the the goal that were disallowed. They were, what, in the 67th, 70th minute around then? I don't even remember. There's also no guarantee we wouldn't have won. No, exactly. But, but that, that's, that's so, like, it's not like we would have won the game, but we, we'll never know because the game wasn't played on fair terms. And, and that's what's infuriating. Let them play. Let them play. If, like, how can it be? All of Greece, and you know, this is going viral across the world now. They see the Masuras go, they see the penalty, and the ref doesn't even go and check it on VAR. Why do we have it? So, so okay, um, you know, we're all infuriated by that, and we'll, we'll never know because the league isn't being playing, isn't being played on fair terms, and. You know, the, the, the games actually ended how our opponents wanted to with Alexis Cuyas going out on TV and talking about things that have nothing to do with football. And I, I do want to talk a bit about football as well, because there are things in this game that we can talk about. Madi Camara, should he be in the squad? Should he be sold this, uh, this winter? Uh, Ortega, the two Argentinians. Or other things that you guys might have talked about on previous episodes. The fact that more than half the signings we made last summer, they're, they're nowhere to be seen. And, you know, trust the process has gone completely down the toilet. And we're starting from square one again. And the team just looks kind of completely helpless and, and you know, left to its fate. And whatever happens, happens by the end of this season. And it's sad. It's sad because we all believed, like, trust the process at the beginning of the year. And now, uh, and now it's all kind of back to square one and let's see what happens uh, at the end of the season and let's start again next summer. <laughs> uh, and, you know, waiting to see who, what reinforcements come in, come in January. So I've waffled on a lot now and I've talked about more than just the game and there's more to talk about, but those are some, some first thoughts and some first feelings from, from my side. Well, I mean, I do believe that uh, the team did show some reaction. I mean, that this was a completely different story compared to La Mia, absolutely completely. And I'm going to dare say it was completely different to Atromtos. I mean, for Christ's sakes, we saw a very average Olympiacos team coming back and scoring twice and basically gaining a penalty uh, that was disallowed. If that was scored, we would have seen Olympiacos coming back from two goals to, 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 to be ahead with three goals. Um what about you, Dimitris? I want to get your first feelings of the match. So, how do you feel about the way things transpired at Karaiskaiki? Um, I'm outside of the refereeing mistakes and the um, the robbery, the Um, I thought we were better than we have been, especially in that second half. 
I'm, I'm actually pleased with the second half performance. Not necessarily tactically, more necessarily passion-wise. Like you saw, I don't know, like players that I didn't really expect to so Like I saw certain instances where Biancone was getting annoyed and like frustrated with like the refs and like what was going on and like some of the tackles. And I was like, yeah, like it was nice to see players that are like, you know, like foreign players like actually being like, fuck this shit. Like I'm angry. And it's nice seeing that. Um, I thought we were much the better side in the second half, to be fair. And I agree with Costas with a K and disagree with Costas with a C. If it wasn't for the refereeing decisions, I think we. I think if, if it was the 3-2, we would have gone on and won. Like, I were deflated. If you're up 2-0 and you're losing 3-2, you're not coming back. Like, 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 if we turned that game around, if that was 3-2 at the 65th minute, 70th minute, that game would have finished 4-2, in my opinion. Um, it looked like we were definitely on the upper foot. Um, and I'm actually really pleased with the way the team reacted after the f the disallowed Masuras goal because two minutes later they went on the attack again. Navarro got fouled in the penalty area, should have been a penalty. And then after that is when we sort of fell up, not fell apart, but we lost that momentum that we had, which is kind of expected when you're sort of getting like fucked over by the refs. Um, it, it's it's sort of like it obviously deflates you because you're thinking. What more can I do? Um, but yeah, overall, quite pleased with the performance compared to the shit that we've seen. Still, still, like the defending <laughs> for that second goal, especially, is shockingly bad. Like, really, really bad. So don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not like pleased with Olympiacos. I'm just pleased compared to the shit that we've seen lately. That, especially from the second half onwards and the last. 10 minutes or so of the first half was much better. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I leave it. Like, like, even though I'm frustrated with the result because I feel like we were cheated, um this I, I I did see some more fight than I was expecting. Cause cause like we were saying it in the Patreon group chat on WhatsApp. I think it was actually Costas with a C who said it. He said this could get really bad really quickly now. When they scored their second goal. It was. It, it could have gone. It could have been four or five if we hadn't fought back. It could have carried on going. So, yeah, I think I, I, I like to say some positive out of that. Well, I guess uh, we could start by uh, talking about the actual game. Take it a little chronologically in this. We knew this was going to be a really difficult match. I don't think anybody in this call or on the comment section were very confident heading to uh, this match. I think I said it on Patreon, which one extra reason why everybody should join us is that they're going to get to join our WhatsApp group where uh, we have a lovely community going on, uh, amazing debates, amazing conversations, and we get to tell you all the things we cannot say on camera based on what sources have told us. Uh, I, I said that I do not expect a good result, but I wouldn't be shocked if we won. Uh, but even if we did win, I would not be uh, confident of a title bid uh, this season. I do believe this team is very inconsistent. There are very there are a lot of weaknesses. There are a lot of issues. If anything, I expect that I, I think we're going to finish fourth. So it wouldn't have mattered if we won this. In that regard, we would have finished fourth. But we saw we saw a weak start from Olympiacos. Uh, two rather easy goals by Ayek, both of them by, from set pieces from a corner kick. Both corner kicks came from the same uh, from the same side. 
uh, Levi Garcia absolutely destroying Julian Biancon, if I'm not mistaken, in the air. And he did that again the second half. That, th that's when he scored. And he did the same thing with the second goal before he set uh, Zuber up, Steven Zuber up for the second. But then we saw something that we never saw at Lamia and we never saw in Peristeri against the Trontos, and that was a reaction. Olympiacos got a super-duper important goal uh, right before halftime with Yorgos Masuras, a player who is quite often uh, quite often misses the big chances this season, hasn't been very reliable, but he finished this time. And in the second half, when he got through with this really smart move uh, and got that... Uh, got that very clear touch, he beat he beat uh, Stankovic again with relative ease. I haven't seen Masura scoring two goals like this for a very long time. And then, of course, it was the penalty. And then, of course, it was the penalty with uh, Fran Navarro being taken down by, uh, by Callens. Uh, both occasions weren't checked by VAR. Both occasions didn't see the referee going to the monitor. They were just uh, they were just waved away as a handball and uh, and a nothing basically respectively. So I would like to start with Dimitris this time. Uh, Dimitri, how did you see Olympiakos on the pitch? What was your opinion about what you saw uh, on the pitch? Were you impressed? Uh, did you think there was an improvement? Do you think there is an improvement? There is a hope of improvement going forward. So, yeah, just to expand on what I said earlier, I definitely think there is an improvement compared to lately. Uh, not necessarily compared to what we were seeing at the start of the season, where I thought we were playing better. Uh, but definitely compared to the last few games. Uh, for, for me, the second goal was the really, really disappointing one. Don't get me wrong, the first goal was really bad. Uh, Biancona gets beaten far too easily in the air. But, I mean, great, great header. Second one... It's just soft. It's not just Biancona getting beaten in the air. Or was it Biancona for the second one as well? I can't remember. But I think so. The, the fact that it's not just the fact that they get beaten in the air. He doesn't catch the header that well. It's just a bit scruffy. But then, um, fuck, who scored the second goal for Ike? Uh, super, um, super. 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 I was about to call him Subatic, and I was like, "Yeah, the way the way the, the way the ball just fell to him, and then the way he took it, it was just all scruffy and a bit soft. Like there was no one around him. He had all the time in the world. It just looked like the sort of goal you're scoring against a lower league, like a team that's like, like a lower, a lesser team in Greece. Like, and you're not expecting that. Like, it's just a little bit disappointing from the same side." the corner from the same side within a few minutes of themselves it's like come on like how are you not how are you not fixing that how are you not working on that in in um in the training sessions like how how can that happen twice that's what that frustrated me it really really frustrated me and it had me worrying i'm like fuck like like now they're gonna give up but then then we saw a really good sort of reaction i thought the build-up for the goal was excellent. Uh, the little one-two with Fortunis and then the through ball and then boom, Masuras is one-on-one. -on -one. And I was saying this on Wednesday when we were chatting, just the two of us, Costa, on the show. I, like, the hate Masuras gets. Like, yeah, he might not be technically the most gifted player, but he he, he just, he comes up. Like, he, he he's the one that, if, if you need someone to just drag you from the depths of shitness... Masuras will at least put a shift in. And 
Yeah, he's one of one. And agrees with you. And yeah, and he and he took it well. He took it well. He finished. He finished the goal. And it's what I was saying on Wednesday. Like him and Baskalakis are, are much more leadership materials, in my opinion, compared to everyone else on the team. And you see that with the second goal. <laughs> that second goal is a travesty not to stand because he took that brilliantly. He took it really, really well. Like, <laughs> like I'm looking back at it, and he's like. He controlled it like he's coming over the top and he's like chesting it to himself and he's like swiveling and turning and shooting on the spot. Like you don't expect that sort of goal in, in the Greek Super League, especially from from a Greek player. Like that's that's more of a like a Brazilian South American sort of goal. And for that to be ruled out, and you saw his reaction, he was like, he was like, and he was like, No, there's no way it touched me here. Like this it was just a very nicely taken goal. So Again, praised him because like he didn't do anything wrong in that in that situation. Do you know what I mean? He took it really well. Um, Navarro took the penalty really well. We took him one on one and then like cut inside. Um, again, took took that took that really well. So all in all, I'm I'm very happy with 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 those those parts. Obviously, let's not forget the fact that, yeah, we, we were bad at the start and, and we're not trying to put a positive spin just for the hell of putting a positive spin on it. But there are positives to take from that, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's the general idea I have of the game. Well, before I get, pass on the baton to you, Kostas, uh, I would like to thank uh, Mike Scob. Uh, what is that, Costa here? PLN? What is the PLN here? Zloty. Zloty. 29.99 Zloty. Thank you so much for uh for the donation, Mike. Thank you for joining the uh thank you for joining the show. Hope to have you uh in more episodes and do sign up on Patreon, dude. Do join us on Patreon. We'd love to have you over. Uh so Costa, how did you find Olibiakos' performance on the pitch and do tell us how you were quite vocal on um, on Patreon about Navarro. So, would you like to share your thoughts on Navarro's first ever start for Olympiacos? <clears throat> yeah, if we're starting with Navarro, I thought. I mean, obviously, it's hard to to judge a player who's just been here for I think even less than a week. He's uh, he's been training with the club, and he's been thrown in today because El Kabi's off at Afcon. Uh, Jovetic isn't fit. El Arabi's uh, injured, so he was thrust in today. And you know, I said a little bit earlier. I think this is a player that I would really like to see in a healthy Olympiacos team. I think he's he makes intelligent runs. He's very mobile. Um, so obviously, he's got legs. So you know, looking at looking at last the last game against Lamia and leading the line with Jovetic, it wasn't even a mid block we were playing. Like you just couldn't tell like where where and if we were pressing them at all to try and recuperate the ball. And I thought Navarro led the line really well today uh, in terms of his running, his, uh, you know, he had a lot of positive energy. He's a player that you, you need to find him in the box, obviously, to, to score goals. He can't do what El Arabi does. Uh, he doesn't have the skill that El Arabi has and, you know, displayed more in his heyday where he could create for himself, you know, create space for himself and take shots. But, you can see his first touch is very good. He plays the ball, uh, you know, first first time passes, a couple that went 
know, from the centre over over onto the wings where he opened up the play really well. Even on the goal, I mean, he's involved in the goal where uh, Pedence plays the ball from the wing and he chests it down to Fortunis and Fortunis plays a nice pass to Masuras. So, so you know, very, you know, I thought he was positive today. Uh, it was unlucky not to have that penalty called, obviously. So, so yeah, guys, I mean, I think, uh, I think clearly he continues, uh, even if Jovetic and El Arabi are fit for me, this is the guy that needs to be playing. Uh, up front, got youthful legs, and we need. You know, I think we need his energy up front to lead the line. The, the press has always been an issue for us um, ever since I think last season, the season before last, because uh, El Arabi's been getting old. So I think that's that's going to be important moving forward. So that's all I've got to say about Navarro for now. We haven't we haven't seen enough, but I think we saw some things today that can better inform us about what he can give. Um, as a player to the team. Otherwise, um, I was quite quite vocal earlier about our formation going into the game. I thought it was really risky going into this game with Hesse and Madi Kamara in a two-man midfield against Ajax, a team that we we generally know as a good trans like good counter-attacking team. Uh, they transition really fast from defense to attack. They've got, you know, fast players on the wings. Levi Garcia looks in good shape. We saw today. Um, so, you know, I thought that was risky. But at the same time, there was something else I noticed today in the midfield. And that was a clear kind of instruction, it seems, that Madi Kamara had a deeper role in the midfield. He was playing behind the halfway line. I thought Hesse was playing more in, in his position, like near the semicircle, more as a, more as a number eight in the midfield and I thought Hesse was one of our better, better performers in the first half where we maybe were not so good. Um, so I think that was nice to see. I think that's something we should uh, we should keep an eye on moving forward. I think that's how it should be. Like Hesse should be playing in that position, like further up the field, um, not as a six. It's clearly not a six for me. Um, so... You know, if if we've made a decision that we're not going to play with a defensive midfielder, that we're not going to promote Andreas Doi to his real position, which is a number six, if we're not going to play Vicente Bora, we need to buy like a defensive midfielder still that will play next to Santiago Hesse and and leave him more freedom in the midfield to do what he did today, um, intercept the ball, destroy attacks, um, you know set us off quickly after he's intercepted um, he's an intelligent player he's a young lad uh, I don't want to judge him too quickly or the other Argentine he had a poor game today uh, Francisco Ortega he was completely dominated by uh, by Amrabat and by Sidi Bay. both those guys physically uh, outdid Ortega he seriously needs to work on that but I don't want to be too harsh it's his first season in Europe same for Hesse. I think those two signings will be uh, more accurately um, evaluated or can be better evaluated in their second season after they've had a real preseason with the team. I think it's important that we all don't get ahead of ourselves because we really have a bad track record as a club when it comes to bringing in those kinds of players and then, you know, them not performing immediately. And then we say, okay, we're going to loan this one here. We're going to loan that one there. We're going to sell this one. 
we need to give it a bit more time with those two players in particular, players that we played four, four and a half million with, um, respectively, for Ortega and Hesse. Uh, those are some thoughts I have in general about the game. Another thing that I was wondering was um, Pedenza's utilisation on the left-hand side. I generally think that Pedenza has more to offer on the right. Uh, cutting in onto his left, a lot of the goals that he's scored this season have been with him cutting in onto his left foot, getting us goals. And I was a little bit miffed um, that we didn't see him at all on the right-hand side today. Uh, same thing goes for when Jelson Martins came on um, late late in the game. He played out on the left. Is that something we're going to see moving forward? He's a player that has made a name for himself generally as a right winger. So some some tactical questions that I have um, moving forward, having seen what I saw um, what I saw from from today's game uh, as well. And there's more, but we could, we you know, we can. Uh, I'll stop there and let's let's maybe have a look at some comments. By the way, um, there is another donation from Mike Scob. <laughs> Thank you, I Mike. Think it's the same. I think it's the same one. Might not be. Might be the same one. He just put added a comment. I think it's the same guy. So he didn't make. He didn't write a comment earlier. He says, um, "Seriously, Retos is a really good player, and we have some quality in the team. The issue is we don't have a lot of it, and we change players like toilet paper after we wipe." Um, thanks very much, Mike, for the, for the beers. Um, yeah. Well, there is a question here. Uh, I think it's for me, might be for you also, Costa, because sometimes they get the, uh, the K's and the C's mistaken from Joros Muzanos. Costa, how do you feel about playing with two midfielders and not three against Ike? Costa with a C, you address that. Uh, well, again, on Patreon, for those who have joined us, I did express my uh, concerns early on, saying that you cannot play with two midfielders against Ike. They off they 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 gave us uh, a lot of issues uh, last season because of the fact that we insisted with only two midfielders in Yan and Bilal Huang and Bom. Uh, plus the fact that we had no number six in the starting lineup. You said it, Costa. He's not a Santiago is he's not a number six. He needs to be a little further up the pitch. But Mati Kamara played a deeper role, even though he's not a number six. He is a number eight, and he's had quite a. Uh, Difficult season, quite an inconsistent season with us. We're going to get to Madika Mara a little later. I wanted to see Vivente Bora in the starting lineup because uh, we needed a six, and the only number six we have are Vivente Bora and Andreas Doy, who hasn't played number six since a couple of friendlies with, with the first team. So I was very concerned, but I was very pleased with the way that Olympiacos pressed high up, especially in the first few minutes and after Ajax second and throughout the second half. So that did work over there. So, Dimitri, uh, what did you think about the uh, the starting lineup? And do you think, uh, as Costa said, do you think uh, Carlos Carvalho learned a few things or showed us a few things going forward as to how he will want uh, to play against uh, against other opposition, especially with what he did with Madi Camara and Santiago Eze in midfield? So I agree and disagree with both of you on that Uh fact i think we need a six i agree so i agree we need a six i agree we need to be playing with three midfielders in these sorts of games i disagree that madi camara should be playing further back uh i think him and heze should be like the two further up and we need to get a six behind them if it's not going to be bora if it's not going to be doi i agree with what costa with a c was saying that we need to sign someone else uh you cannot be playing um just like Heze doesn't belong in that further like 
further back position. Neither does Camara, in my opinion. I, I agree with that, just to be clear. Yeah. Um, like like today, yeah, he was playing further back, but it's they're both better offensively. Uh, we need a six, big time. Um, if I was Carvajal, I'd rather play Ibora or Doi than play without a six. Do, do you know what I mean? Like the last thing you want to be doing is 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 sacrificing that position entirely. I'd rather have someone like Ibora who's been disappointing so far, but he's only like it's only been like four months. Do you know what I mean? Like you never know; it could change. Or Doi, he's still young. Like I'd rather play someone until they bring another side and until they replace them or not replace them, but. Playing without a six is criminal, in my opinion. And it's criminal in most situations. Like, like it needs to really, really, really work for the team not to have a six. It's such an important position. You're going to get overrun otherwise. Like, it, it's really rare that it works. And if it works, it works brilliantly. But in my opinion, it doesn't... Like, you see it with so many teams. You see it with, like, big teams as well. Like, Liverpool, for example, Right. They they didn't sign a top class six. They signed it. They signed Endo, but the team is so much better with a player that came from like one of the worst teams in the Bundesliga than playing without a six and putting a fake six in there. Do you know what I mean? Like play someone whose position is a six, even if they're not as good as our other midfielders. That's where I stand on that. Regarding Podense, so my issues with Podense, I saw this in basically it's two comments that people put together. One comment was um, that Podense wasn't helping Ortega enough. Mike Scott said that, that he wasn't helping Ortega enough because Podense is an attacking-minded winger, well, attacking-minded forward player. He doesn't really track back as much as, as you want him to. And you saw that today. Ortega was left alone. And I'm someone who's actually a big fan of Ortega. Um, so I thought that that is an issue. At the same time, this is why I'd rather have him on the right wing, as Costa was saying, with him cutting inside. Because the way Rodine plays, he plays the whole wing on his own, right? And 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 Podense, what he does really well is coming off the wing and playing further in, like cutting inside and playing like as an extra sort of 10, like a hybrid winger 10 role. Um, and I think that he works better on the right because Rodine can play the whole wing up and down on his own because he's a, he's a fucking dog. Like he'll just <laughs> run up and down. Um, uh, yeah, Rodine is, Rodine is like, I, I, even if he has a shit game, I, he's my favourite player this season. It's just the way he plays. I really rate it. And because he can run up and down the wing, and uh, Omar Abdelawi had that as well. He could he could, he could, could sort of play the wing by himself, um, which is why I think Pedense works better in that position because he can come, come inside and offer more. Whereas Masuras, for example, because of his like tracking back and, and, and extra work that he's putting, he needs to be more on Ortega's side, which is which is needed to track back, um, in my opinion. Like, for example, you can't have Fortunis on the side of Ortega either because he's going to get exposed. Whereas on Rodinei's side, we haven't seen that much of an issue yet. Um, yeah, I just want to put something out there. Demetrius K may have the exact same initials as me. I may not have a profile picture. It's not me. He's complimented. I thought me that twice. was your, I thought that was your burner. I thought that was your no. burner. He's complimented me twice on this on this show. I just want to put it out there. It's not me. We may have the exact same initials, and he might be. But yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. So that's where I'm at with that. Um, again, I agree with what Costa with a C was saying regarding Navarro. It's only been what a game and a half. 
you can't make any judgments yet. Um, but again, I I don't know. Maybe I'm really spoiled. I really like fast strikers. I like powerful, fast strikers that run the channels that come in and out. So not another maybe, signing, please. No more no, signings. I'm asking please. for another signing. I'm not asking for another signing. <laughs> That's what I really like watching with strikers. And I said this on Wednesday. I don't really like the El Carbi sort of player where the, you're waiting for the ball to come to him. I like the player who, who gets the ball and creates something. Uh, and which is why I like Navarro with the penalty situation because he had it on the wing and he's and he sort of cut inside and got taken out basically. So I liked seeing that sort of situation. But I, I, I yeah, I, that's the sort of thing that I want to see. I want to I want to see a striker dropping back, you know, linking up with a play, coming forward, like that sort of false nine position. I really like that. And um, I know we sort of tried that with BL and Masuras and it didn't really work, obviously. But um, that's the sort of thing that I like watching. So, yeah. But I, overall, I am happy with with Navarro and, and the way he played. I mean, it's only, what, a game and a half and th there's, yeah. there's more to see there. Um, yeah. That's well, what else? Uh, talked about midfield defense. Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone else, yeah. Fortunis. Did you guys know is that Masuras? Yeah. yeah. Did, did, did you guys as much as I thought? Yeah, what were you saying? Sorry. Did you guys notice that Masuras, for at least to me, for the first time this season, Masuras wasn't really playing as a outright kind of central second striker, but he was really like out on the wing. I feel like I feel like Martinez really I've noticed that, yeah. I I, I, I feel like Martinez that, really yeah. like um he, he really made that his position this season. Like we I, I was at least really used to seeing Masuras this season playing quite close to El Carbi, like near the striker, being part of the press, like high up the field. Whereas today it was like a clear kind of 4-2-3-1 formation. It wasn't even 4-4-2 when we were defending. Like we saw 4-1-3-2 when we were defending. He was in like completely different kind of positioning to what we've what we've been used to this season. That was another thing I noticed today at least. Plus plus if uh, we had not if we hadn't had any referee shenanigans, I feel like Yoros Masuras could have easily been a man of the match as well. For sure. Two got two yeah. huge goals. The, 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 the second goal, brilliant, man. The second, the second goal was, goal was brilliant. I, it earlier. I was, it, I was, yeah, I was yeah. screaming. Like when it went in, my, my, my parents had just come back. Like my dad walks in and I'm just going, ah! Like that was literally my reaction. Like, I was screaming, like as if I'd watched, because you don't expect that. Like usually with the Greek, Greek league games, you're a little, like, you're not on the edge of your seat. It's not, it's not yeah. blockbuster football, is it? And watching a you goal see like what that, you did, Epo? You see what you did, Epo? <laughs> And, and watching the goal you're like, you're like, fuck. So, so I completely agree. If that that goal had stood, he would, he could have been, he would have been man of the match. Can, 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 can I say something? Um, like, yeah, we. Can I first, can I first welcome our newest patron in Agelos Liapopopoulos, as announced by our fellow co-host Aris Bulubasis, who is watching us from his house in Maryland. Labrosilmos is also watching us from his house as well, but unfortunately he can't join us because he is ill and we are wishing him a speedy recovery. Costa, please. Masuras is a is a player that will constantly divide us. Yeah. Uh we'll look, like even even his biggest fans will be his biggest kind of 
critics at times during this season, during any season. Um, the thing with Masuras for me is very clear. If he has time to think when he's in front of goal, he's missed it. If he has to take it first time, it's goal. I swear, look at all his goals, man. <laughs> most of his goals, goal, most of his goals goal, are first he did touch. Have a second, though. The first huh? goal, he did have a second. He took that first goal. Was, he took he it first took time, though. He didn't dribble it. He didn't dribble it. It just but, like, it was perfectly weighted board in front of him. It's like, boom, keeper opened his legs, slot it into the corner. Beautiful. The second goal was like Brazilian technique. It's like on the turn. From the from the from the chest, and then you know the finish was brilliant. Like nah, I mean it's it's just. I think even even commentators in bloody Greece have said that as well. It's like he's a player that he, he's great when he when he when he takes it first time. Uh, and look at look at all his goals. Like the majority of his goals are like that. It's like a header first time or a finish first time. No control, no nothing, just boom done. Um, and, and you know, this is a player that's running out of contract at the end of the season, and we have to ask ourselves yeah. the question: What's going on with that? Like, do we want Masuras to renew? Like, what do we think? Not about only Masuras, not only Masuras. It's uh, eighteen know, players right now. So with, many players with, with Navarro nineteen. So Biken is gone now. It's Navarro nineteen. So many. Listing them. Costas was listing them on Wednesday. The show was about two and a half hours long, and he was still listening. One and a half hour. Don't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> it was in front three of and a half hours because Costa's listed about thirty-five <laughs> players that we have that are out of contract. The only people that aren't 19. out of contract is us. It's wild. <laughs> um, can, I, can I? Before we carry on, I just saw a comment, and I want to make sure we don't miss it. Um, that I really agree with Roman Smirnidis. Carlos to Roman. If if you could pin that one, yeah, this here. The problem. Eh, the Costa. problem is the problem said, is what, me. Players. the problem is not the players. The ro rotten roots are much deeper. It's pointless to, pointless to talk about the players. We're missing the biggest picture. The chemistry is below zero. Anyone would look bad. Yeah, that true. last sentence is so true. And I'm annoyed I hadn't thought about this in the half an hour that we've been live. That course, is like, literally he's so he's so right because to a point. You could bring like you could honestly put Mbappe in there, and at certain points, or like or like Mo Salah, and it, it would it might not be what you're expecting because the chemistry, if it's not if it's not clicking behind the scenes, if it's not clicking in training, if you're swapping managers, if you're swapping players all the time, and they're not allowed to build that chemistry and actually be a team and not just a bunch of individuals, it's gonna it's gonna be a bit of a shit show and. That's why so many players that we were praising earlier on or so many players that were like shitting on earlier on, they're sort of turning it around. Like Ortega at the start of the season, we were like, oh, what, what a gem, what a great player. And today he had a bit of a stinker. But like if, 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 if the situation around the player as part of a team is not working, then obviously it, it's not going to work as, as, as we want it. They, they're not magicians. Like the players, it's, it's, like, it's like when you're going to work, you need your colleague to, you know, be pulling their weight and work well together. So I completely agree with that comment. And yeah, I just want to give it a big shout out because it's it's as simple as that. We don't have to jump on the players back or, or anything like that. Like that is, like that's what we need to work on. It's a lot deeper than just performances. And it's the same with last season. Like we saw Red Sox, like the threats and shit and how shocking he was with like, what was it? The Aris game. And then at the start of this season, we were like, oh my God, he's like the Greek Maldini. 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's it's it just needs to gel first before we start shitting on people. Yeah, no, absolutely. But before we get to that, I would like to kind of um because uh, we are on the fortieth minute mark. Uh, I would like to cover uh, the, I think the last bit when it comes to to what happened on the pitch, what we saw tonight on the field. Uh, and I would like to ask about Madi Kamara. Uh, we mentioned also players whose contracts are running out. And if there's only one player uh, out of that are not on loan who is definitely not staying, that is Madi Kamara. I don't think there's a single universe out there in this uh, in this world uh, in which Madi Kamara renews with Olympiacos. His contract runs out in June. We uh, Gates Seven International shared a story that was written in Africa, and I believe it was from his native Guinea. Uh, about him uh, refusing to renew, uh, about him wanting to leave, uh, something that has not been cross-referenced. Uh, the article went down. Uh, Madi Kamara insists he's happy at Olympiacos and he's absolutely focused on the winning the league and uh, doing well uh, in Europe. Uh, there is interest from Lyon. I'm sure there's interest uh, from elsewhere. Notice that Madi Kamara didn't join Ayub El Kabi in the Africa Cup of Nations. El Kabi is with Morocco. Kamara uh, didn't join Guinea as after he fell out with uh, the Guinean uh, manager. So I'm going to start with Costas this time. And Costas has a lot to say about Madi, uh, is the truth. Costa, um, you're not going to be sad to see Madi go. I'm sure Dimitris won't be sad either. Actually, let's not let's not go too far too, too fast there because uh, we're going to ask him. I'm not going to be at all sad to see him go. Uh, but would you be up uh, to selling him in January, even if it is for peanuts, which let's face it, it would be for peanuts, but it's either that or zero euros. So what's your take? First of all, I will be sad to see him go uh, to a point uh, because I think he, he gave a lot to the club, particularly the first two and a half seasons. Uh, I think it's, you know, it, there are a lot of players that, I think were to a degree mismanaged in terms of their value uh, and us overvaluing them. Uh, you know, we can talk about the COVID economy and, you know, how the valuation of players went down during COVID and, you know, the fact that, you know, that, that run that we had in the Europa League with the Wolves game, um, you know, after that, I think it would have been the best time to sell him, to sell Semedo, to sell Bar, to sell Cisse. Uh, but but it didn't happen, and I think uh, you can't keep a player in a place where you know his mind's already gone. I think that's a clear, the, clearly the case with with Maddy. Maddy does have quality. He showed it with that ball that he played to Masuras for the goal that was disallowed. How many times have we seen him do that? Play those diagonal balls in over the top for the runners that are making the diagonal runs into the box. So uh, like. No doubt, Maddie has quality, but it, it's just it's clear as day. Like players' minds gone, and he can, you know, we we quoted him what he said to us that you know the he never talked to anyone, and that uh, his mind is on Olympiacos. So thanks, Maddie, but I think we can all read the tea leaves. We we all know what's going on. Like Maddie's trying to find a way out of the club. To be honest, when you look at the field and you look on the pitch. I think as long as Martinez was around and Martinez was kind of the one that convinced him to to play ball at the beginning of the season and, and help the club. Because remember, he came into training from Roma. He was injured. 
there was all the uncertainty about his role. Martinez got him to play. Now Martinez is gone. You know, uh, I don't see any particular chemistry being built with Hesse, to be honest with you. So um, I would I would sell him now. I would sell him now, even if it's you know you know we're not, we're not gonna get we're not gonna get the price that we valued him at a couple of seasons ago. We were asking for fifteen million, and we were getting I think offers of around seven or eight. Uh, I think even even Monster Monster's transfer bid last season was around five or maybe it was a, lo a loan plus option that was better than the Roma deal but he wanted to go to Roma so you know long story short like Maddie just cut the cord there's a player that's not happy there he's a cancer in the dressing room anyone that is unhappy please leave there's the door you can't have unhappy players in the dressing room just let them go let him go Free Maddie, like just just let the guy go, sell him. The bid, bid comes in, he's got to go, and we bring someone else in. Hell, well, like, don't, don't, don't don't get me started on the whole like academy players and whether you know we should be bringing through players like Musakitis and Costulas and all of that. Like, no, he 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 he's got to go. You know what, guys? Something we have not talked about enough on this podcast. Like, we can talk about um, like. Roman talked about chemistry, and I said the chemistry between Maddie and um, and Hesse isn't great. The chemistry between Mvila and Juan last year, it was quite good. Yeah, but it was but it was unbalanced because you needed a player like Maddie to fit with them in like a midfield triangle. You needed like you would have um, Mvila's. Like positional awareness and his ability to distribute the ball like perfectly, like those 30-yard diagonal balls he can play, the crossfield balls. Like, you know, Huang's skill, his technique, his ability to dribble. And then you'd have a powerhouse like a dynamo like Maddie. That would be a lot like in theory, a nice, a nice midfield. What I'm trying to say is, first of all, we never replaced Guillerme. That's the one we never replaced because he did everything. He could intercept, he could distribute, he could carry the ball, he could shoot. He could do everything. He could score with his head. We never replaced that player. But we we finally like need to find... If, if Hesse is the investment that we made, we need to find the player that complements him. And we need to decide, do we want to play with two in midfield? Do we want to play with three? Or have the option... Uh, but at least for this season, it doesn't seem like we 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 want, like I said, to play Andreas Doi in his position. So uh, th this is the signing I'm waiting for. Uh, th this one, and obviously centre back. Like we've gone for, we've brought in a striker, we've brought in a winger. We're, I'm going to other topics now. Sorry, but it's relevant. We needed a, those first two signings to be a centre back and a, and a midfielder, and it's not there yet. And we could have used both of them, actually. Uh, Madi Camara has obviously offered a lot to Olympiacos throughout his years. Uh, it's a huge shame right there. Uh, I mentioned that in my recent articles of 10 questions to ask Vigelis Marinakis. And one of them was, how did the whole uh, gem from Africa scheme uh, go up in flames? Uh, Madi Camara, Gibu Camara, Useinuba, Papa Busise were supposed to be sold for a minimum of 15 million pounds, 50 million euros each. Uh, 
Papa Boussisset was sold to Adana Demirspor in the summer for an undisclosed fee, which was certainly not earth-shattering. Uh, Agipuka Amara is on loan at Atromitos and his contract runs out in June. Hussein Ubay is on loan at Istanbul Basak Sehir, and I think his contract is also up in June. Um, Madikamara's contract is up in June, and there's no chance in hell he's going to sign a new deal. Uh, I'm going to add in Ruben Semedo. I know he's Portuguese. Uh, well, that was a different story because he was said to be sold at Wolves, but uh, due to home office regulations, that never happened. Uh, he was ready to go to Porto, but then we all know what happened. Uh, so, yeah, it is it, it is a very sad ending to an otherwise beautiful story at Olympiacos. Uh, and I'm going to pass over the baton to uh, Dimitris, who has a lot to say about Madia. He's certainly going to be sad to see him go. But, uh, Dimitri, I mean, uh, we were asked as well, uh, would you be okay to selling Madi Camara? And if we do sell him, what kind of fee do you think Olympiacos could attract realistically? I don't know if you saw me nodding with everything Costa saying. The more passionate he was getting, the more I was nodding. I was like, I was like head bopping. I was like, 100%. Like, do you know what? When he started talking about how he's a cancer, I was like, he needs to go, man. Like, it's got to the point. I'd, I'd, I've, I, I need him to go so bad that I don't care about the money. I'd rather just... And if we don't get rid of him, if we can't cancel his contract, if we can't sell him or whatever... Just don't even play him. Like, like, yes, we value the quality and he's actually a really good player. And we saw that his first, what was that, that season? Was it two years ago, the season, we're in the, the last season we we're in the Champions League? And he was so good. He was so good. He's a great player. He really, really is. But he's just, his, his head's not here. Like, he wants to go. And I don't blame him. He's a bit of a twat, but he doesn't <laughs> want to be here. Like, fuck off. I'm sorry. Like he is a bit of a bellend, like the way he's acting. I'm like it, he's he's not really professional with the way he's acting, but at the same time he's very unhappy. And do you know what? Just cut your losses, get rid, get rid. Even if it's five hundred grand, a million, fuck it. Even if it's free, just get rid of him. It's not helping the team with him being there. His quality is really really good, but it's not outshining the negativity because he's not playing at one hundred percent quality wise, and. I agree with, I think, I don't remember which one of the two said it, which one of the you two guys said it. Um, but the fact that Martinez probably got him to just be like, do you know what? Put your seatbelt on, give us your best for a year, and then you're out at the end of the year. The fact that Martinez left and sort of Carvajal's now in and Maddie's just like, he's like, fuck this, I'm done. Um, yeah, just cut, cut. We need to cut our losses. He needs to go. He needs to go. I value what he gave. He was a great player on his day. I honestly think it was, it was the year that we had Marseille. Was it? It was a Marseille game. I feel like he was it the one we lost 2 1 in. Yeah, in, in Rafinha, yeah, yeah. I remember. Handball. I thought that was the best game. He's that cameras that was the game he scored, right? He scored an yeah. absolute streamer. I remember yeah. watching him in that game going, What a fucking player! Like, he was. He was great in that game. And that's always what I look back to. That that season, he was incredible. So I'm really grateful for what he's given. One of the best midfielders we've had recently. He carried us that season in midfield. Carried us, yeah. But just yeah. go. Like, he needs to go. Um, and yeah, we never replaced Guillermo. We never replaced Guillermo. We never replaced Guillermo. Uh, the fact that Huang left in the summer was just very disappointing because he was such a bright spark. I know I'm also going on a tangent, but that midfield, like we had, there was so much potential. Obviously, Valbuena was old, but 
there was just there was just we had so much potential to have something really good there and it's such such a shame um but yeah Madi needs to go all in all that's that's well that's we are approaching uh an hour uh on this show on this segment uh and uh I do believe we need to address what happened tonight and how things are going forward in this situation. Uh, like I said, before the match, I did not expect a good result. But let's face it, if it wasn't for the referees, this would have been a magnanimous result for Olympiacos, regardless of the performance on the pitch. Yes, Costa, there is absolutely no guarantee Olympiacos would have won that. But this team, this team that couldn't that couldn't complete three passes at La Mia and Peristeri, would have come back from two goals down to beat Ike 3-2. Absolutely amazing. If I said that before the game, what would you guys think of me? Would you guys kind of want to fly over to Athens and maybe throw a little throw a little, uh, little love tap in, uh, on the head there? You know, get only, real, if you paid you know, for, only if you paid for my flight, Costa. I would also pay you for your Airbnb as long as you agreed to stay with me, man. That would be the. Well, only you don't need an Airbnb. You can stay. You can stay with me as well. No, I don't, I don't. I don't like cats, mate. I don't know if I'd be able to deal with your cat. I'd leave Paco away, man. Paco's a fucking asshole, man. Anyway, <laughs> did, I, did I just call my cat a fucking asshole on YouTube? Well, I you... guess I just did. But I gotta say, guys. I mean, what we saw there. I, I wrote. I wrote it on Twitter. When this happens in the Premier League, it is a mistake. But when it happens in Greece, it's quite often something else. The fact alone that VAR didn't intervene, the fact alone that the referee never went to the monitor. We saw what Alex Skouya said uh, after the game. He hinted that uh, he was ordered to take the team off the pitch, but he didn't do it because he respects the club's history. Uh, he urged the Prime Minister Kiriakos Mitsotakis to get involved and postpone the league. Basically, he strongly hinted that at a quite quite an interesting morning tomorrow morning. That there's because now there's already that. a statement from the club. They've already the released this. They did released a statement about half an hour ago. Yeah, did yeah. you read it out? Um, yeah. Okay. Από ήταν το της οργάνωσης στο ελληνικό ποδόσφαιρο. Μέσα σε λίγες εβδομάδες μαστέρισαν έως και 11 βαθμούς με Παναθηναϊκό Βόλο Ατρόμητο ΑΕΚ και αλλίωσαν το πρωτάθλημα. Αυτά που καταγγέλαμε τόσο καιρό με κάθε τρόπο και σε όλους τους τόνους τα είδε κάθε Έλληνας φύλαθλος αποτυπωμένα στο γήπεδο και είναι ηθική δικαίωση τα όσα έγιναν έτσι ξεδιάντροπα κάτω από τις προβολείς. Δυστυχώς το μόρφωμα που σαπίζει το ελληνικό ποδόσφαιρο δεν είναι αντιμετωπίζεται ποδοσφαιρικά και αναφερόμαστε στην πολιτεία και τις αρχές. Από εδώ και πέρα όποιο δεν ασχοληθεί με την εξαφάνιση της εγκληματικής οργάνωσης τότε σημαίνει και είναι προφανές ότι την υποθάλτη. And just to be on the same, just to make everybody understand, Gus, thank you so much for your comment. And imagine what a confidence boost that win would be, Costa. Well, it wouldn't be because, like I, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. I think I told Dimitris last, uh, last week, Dimitris is more confident than I am. This team is finishing fourth. Even if we had beaten Nike, we would finish fourth. We'd still drop points from another game. But what we saw today was an indication that they're, that not only are we going to finish fourth, they're not going to let us finish higher than that. They're not going to let us even think we have a chance of winning the league. Pauk are the best team this season. 
And I'm telling you, what we saw today, Bauker going to see it. What we saw tonight, we're going to see them against Panathinaikos in the Greek Cup. I will, I, I, I will close my statement for now by congratulating Ike for winning the 2023-2024 Super League title. That's what we saw today. There weren't mistakes. It wasn't just a, it wasn't an honest error. This was a message right there. And Pauk are also going to experience that when they lock horns with Ike and Panathinaikos, especially in the playoffs. I don't know what you guys think. Do Perhaps you know I'm wrong. I, I made the mistake of um, during while you guys were speaking, opening the group chat with my Greek friends that was popping off. Um, <laughs> and you know what's frustrated me more than 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 the referees' mistakes? It's the Ajax fans not fucking seeing what fucking happened. Like I'm, I'm so angry. <laughs> I'm so angry. It's like, it's like, right. So, whenever your team is obviously that has won because of a referee's mistake. Let's let's assume it's a mistake, right? Like I'm not I'm, well, I'm not talking about corruption or cheating. A mistake, right? Every Panathinaikos friend I ever have always brings up the offside with Katsuranis, right? Of and I've always admitted, always admitted, should have been a goal. It shouldn't have been what it should have been. Like they should. That should have counted, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I said it. I was like, I was a teenager at the time. I've always said it. Like when your team is favored by a refereeing decision, like the penalty with Magnatis, the handball in the FA Cup and the not the FA Cup final and the Greek Cup final. <laughs> I've always said it. So it really pisses me the fuck off when you have twats that are your friends, like being like, What are you talking about? You guys were shit. You created one chance. That's not a handball. The referee had uh, that is a handball. The referee had blown it. He sticks his arms out to control it. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you, like, you can't be blind. Like, you can't. You can't actually be, you can't be serious. Like, there's no explanation for this. You can't. Like, it's a clear and obvious error slash mistake slash whatever else it is. But it, it's like, it's a goal. Like, do you know what I mean? So that's what pissed me off so much right now. And outside of all the refereeing mistakes, like, I'm fucking fuming. Um, right. Back to the refereeing situation. I agree. Balk is the best team. Um, but they're not I, winning the league they're not going to win it they're I, not going to let them I have this really bad trait where I see the best in people and I like to give people the benefit of the doubt and I like not to believe in conspiracy theories and like these crazy things that like you know like you, we've all heard the crazy conspiracy theories especially in like originating within politics and stuff like that but also, I don't want to believe that the corruption in the Greek league means that one team's going to win it no matter what. I don't like to believe in that stuff. Just like the same reason why I don't like to believe that, you know, the Prem is fixed so that City wins it no matter what Liverpool or Arsenal do. Right? I don't want to believe that. So, but at the same time, what happened today in quick succession with the goal and then the penalty? Like the goal, I can be one happens, you're like, fucking hell, this guy, this referee is an idiot. Like, I don't know what's happened here. Someone's spoken to him, something, but two in a row that close to each other screams something was wrong. And that's what's annoyed me. Like, like it, it can't you can't have both of those mistakes so close to each other and neither of those being checked. And a lot of people on 
on my group chat I was talking about saying that the first one, like the referee blew the whistle. So he stopped the play before Masura scored, which is why VAR didn't even take it into account. But then why are we waiting 10 hours for, for VAR's decision? Like, I don't understand. So, yeah. And now the mid this game, my alter ego is saying that I'm being naive. That there's a lot of like corruption and shit going on. But yeah, I, I don't want to... I don't want to think about that too much because then it just, it just, it just, it's just going to linger and I'm just going to be thinking about it for a long time. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to get over this. I want to wake up tomorrow and just not be thinking about this still. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I was going now. It's just really pissed me off. Like, that the Ajax fans are not fucking seeing, are not being like, yeah, holding their hands up. That, that, if, that just pissed me off. The, the, the question is if we're not winning the league this season, then what are we doing this season? What are we doing? Like we're rebuilding again, yeah. So the rebuild. Oh, we're going to be rebuilding I... next year as well, because like this isn't a rebuild. <laughs> so, yeah, but it was. What, what I what I be, it was supposed to be a rebuild. It's not going to be. It's not going to be. It's it's a rebuild of the rebuilds. Like it was an overcooked rebuild last summer, and now we're already starting to bring new pieces. Okay, like Jelson Martins has come in on a two and a half year contract, um, but you know we have all these question marks that like you guys talked about on the last show. Uh, so many players that are leaving at the end of the summer. Like, what are we doing? Like, to try and think a little bit more long term and more sustainable in terms of wh where this club is going. Like, what players are going to be here? Who are we? You know, who are we promoting? Because that we how are we building the chemistry? We've been saying this for so long. There is no plan. That's the issue. Yeah. There, we, there needs to be a plan. But I mean, it's 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 the same issue that we've been talking about for for quite a few weeks slash months now. Ever since the sort of you know capitulation, I think what was it? The um, I mean, it all started with the one one with with the Panathinaikos game, but then really the Freiburg, you know, destruction. Um, <clears throat> we've been saying it. We've been saying we said it on Wednesday. We spent ten hours with Costa. We basically spent the whole day talking about this. And how no, do, you, do you know what? I'm glad no you mentioned plan. that. No plan. No plan. I'm, gl I'm glad you mentioned that because you know, maybe maybe some people will see tonight as a turning point um, or a realization. But but for me, everything finished this season when that idiot threw the firecracker into into the into the into the pitch. For uh, me, it ended after Diego Martinez was sacked. That's when it ended. Yeah, but, yeah, but that, that's that's the beginning of the end for Diego Martinez. The beginning of the end. I agree with Costa. I agree with Costa with the it, it, It's the beginning of the end for Martinez because it, it, that was still still in like like look, Martinez had this phrase all the time that he would use in in press conferences that we're building a bridge. He'd use that in press conferences when he talked to the press like we're building a team, yeah, and. Could you, like, we will never know if we would have turned that game around against Panathinaikos. But if we, we did, but if we did, could you imagine the confidence boost it would have given not only to the players, but to him and his staff, like, to give yeah. them, like, the, the belief and the buy-in from the dressing room that things, like, this is working, keep going. Like, Count, Counter-argument, though. Counter-argument, couldn't the West Ham game have done that? Because that was true. That the West Ham was after after Panathinaikos, one of their biggest victories oh, yeah. in our European oh, yeah. history. I don't, 
I disagree with you in terms of that being one of our biggest wins in Europe. Maybe in terms of like the fact that they're the holders of the Conference League and so on and so forth. But they came no, to Karaiskaki. They, they are a strong they, Premier League. They, they came to Karaiskaki with a weak side, bro. They came and played Danny Ings up front. I'm sorry, you're not yes. doing anything against us when you come and play with, with Danny Ings up front. I mean, don't disrespect Danny Ings. And Panathinaikos no. were not the strongest Panathinaikos team we have seen in many, many years. No, I grew but up with, I grew no, up with Giants. I grew up with, I grew up with Giants. Olympiacos Panathinaikos means something totally different to the entire Olympiacos community. Yes, but beating rallies everyone. You rallies everyone. You're so weak. Anyway, we're not going to argue. I think this is a stupid argument. Uh, it's not a stupid argument. A simple no would have been would have been more than than enough. No. Okay, so it's what not I'm saying okay, is it would have been Panathinaikos. Okay, moving on. Costa, Costa. What I'm saying is tonight isn't the turning point. That was the turning point in the season. And we're sitting here talking about chemistry. Martinez was creating his chemistry with his team, with the players that he picked, whether Ribora is a good player or not, Okini is a good player or not. He was trying to build something. And whatever effort was made from the beginning of the summer until now is, is, is finished. Like it finished at that game. And I'll, I'll just stop it there. I, I agree with that. Can I just can I just say something? I saw a comment, um, just just a small tangent, um, but it just got me thinking. One of the questions, uh, there you go, Gus Drax, who's going to be the manager for this rebuild? And I'm just going to throw something crazy out there, and I'm probably going to get crucified for this. But don't say Sakarvalyal, please don't no, say no, 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 no. I'm not saying Sakarvalyal, <laughs> but let's let's say let's say if they did it because I'm always I've always been I've always been this kind of fan where I don't want managers sacked. I have this. It's 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 the British in me where right? I want to give them a very long time before they get sacked, right? I, I've always been like that. Let's say he did get sacked, and I'm not advocating for him to get sacked. But when he's asking who's going to be the manager for this rebuild, this is going to sound crazy. But what I'd like to see, or, or not what I'd like to see, but just an idea. Do you think that a Greek slash Balkan slash Eastern European coach, no nonsense, very like knows the reality of like that sort of not style of football but also world where like you have people like Savidis coming onto the pitch with a gun that sort of mentality would work better for Olympiacos to just build good foundations where no nonsense if 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 your ego's too big you're out if someone's been like if a referee's been a cunt he'll know about it if owners are being twats they'll know about it Someone, yeah, I know that people are saying Jovanovic, but like that, that, but that's what I'm saying. Not just necessarily Jovanovic, but like that part of the world. Do do we? Because I I just had that thought, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I don't want another Spanish or Portuguese. If Carvajal was was to get sacked, I'm not advocating for him to get sacked. I want him to stay because if we keep getting sacking managers, it's it's only going to be a fiasco, and it will always be like that. But I'm just saying, if like in the future, do you guys? What do you guys think? I'm kind of done with the whole Latino sort of. European vibe for a bit. Honestly, I don't care if he's from outer space, as long as he's good as he does, as long as... Um, see, th this is the thing, like, um, and I'm sick and tired of saying this, like, I wish we had a way of, you know, th things we often say, I wish we had a way on the podcast of making quotes out of it so we don't have to repeat them. 
when we have a sporting director, or we're supposed to have a sporting director. We were supposed to have a sporting director in, in Antonio Cordon. Now we have a new one in uh, Bruno Alves. You just let that person choose it. You, it's not the owner. It's not the vice president. It's not the chairman who chooses him. It's the sporting director. Someone that gets along with the sporting director. Someone that understands what this team needs. And thus will bring someone in who goes by that philosophy right there. So I guess to answer your question, I couldn't care less about that person's nationality as long as Bruno Alves gets to work independently with his own team and that new manager or current manager, whatever, gets along with Alves. I I agree with both of you. <laughs> on the one hand, on the one hand, I don't yeah can care less where the guy comes from if the job's getting done. Um, on the other, you know, I think when Slavin Bilic was being tipped for the job last summer, I was I was fully on board for that. I was like, this team needs somebody, or these players, that dressing room needs somebody to come in and just like be a big cock. It's like I'm the biggest cock in the room, and like you. You, you, does not give me that vibe. Yeah, exactly. It's like you <laughs> guys are here nice and guy. I'm there. Shut the yeah. up. Yeah. Um, the thing is, with that kind of manager, I think it can bring you, it can bring you results in the beginning, but long term, I don't know how good or how sustainable that kind of manager can be for a club like Olympiakos. Like Bayevich had that kind of reputation, for example. Uh, one of the most successful coaches this club's ever had, like hugely unpopular as a personality, very cagey with the media. Uh, you know, we can sit here and, and talk a lot <laughs> about Bayevich, but I don't know. I guess people people have already commented in the chat, like about Luchescu, Jovanovic. Um, I like Luchescu because it just gives me this vibe of a of a manager that that works with what he has and makes it work, and uh, you know he puts it. He knows when to put his arm around the player. He knows when to shout at a player. He knows when you know when to do the right thing at the right time. It seems to me. Or Gattuso, like Dimitris K is is mentioning in the in 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 the chat was another one that we heard about earlier. When was it Easter? We heard about Gattuso at Easter. I, I don't honestly. I don't know. I don't know. I. Yeah, yeah, Bielsa, but yeah, he's 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 a he's a, he's a Latino I'd have right now. He's he's that no nonsense yet. Him, I definitely have, but he'd never come. I got another that. question. I got another question for you guys. In retrospect, do you think we should have kept? Do you think we should have kept uh, Matteo Valbuena? Yeah. 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 For, for has Jackson. your opinion changed? Has your opinion changed since the summer? Were you? Will you let him go in the summer, but you change your mind now? Because I am. Like I, I was saying the summer's like, okay, it's time to go. Like, but but if you, you look like we bought in Gustavo Scarpa, skateboard, gone. Uh Sol Bakken came in, he's gone. Um who who else? Like we were waiting for Biel to do do more at the 10. Nothing. And Vab when I was killing it in Cyprus. <laughs> and we can we can talk shit about the Cypriot League. Not that much better than ours. You mean you not go that much first, Dimitri? Um, I, I never, I, I never wanted Valbuena to go. I don't mind him. See, this is my thing. I believe in the dressing room, he would have been great. Uh, maybe ten minutes here or there, 
Uh, Playing-wise, he's definitely too old. So performance-wise, I was happy for him not to be a part of the team on the field, but he's definitely someone to have for those 10 minutes or on the bench, you know, scream, making sure that everyone's held ac accountable. So, and I've always felt like that, that he, he definitely should have stayed because I've said it from the start, Fortunis is not captain material, in my opinion. He's he's not vocal yeah, of course. enough. He's definitely a great player and quality-wise leads by example most of the time that there's a lot of games where he literally just did it himself and picked us up from the floor. Um, but you need you need those big personalities, and we really don't have big personalities. It's you know it's bad when you're saying Pasalakis and Masuras are your biggest personalities. Uh, and I mean, out of the non-Greeks, it'd probably be Rodine, just because he has that fucking dog mentality. But and dog, I mean D A W G, uh, <laughs> dog. Um, so yeah, Valbuena, I sh I I think should have stayed just based on that, not necessarily performance-wise. If that if that makes sense. Well. The thing is, and I, I, Matteo Valbuena had a very interesting uh, interaction with Marcial Debo on Twitter, uh, as you can find him as Olibiakos FR, that is FR. Uh, he, uh, Valbuena called um, Martinez a clown uh, because of the fact that he wouldn't use Youssef El Arabi. And we have heard the reports. And I feel like Valbuena really teased the fact that uh, hint, strongly hinted that he, the reason he's not at Olympiacos right now is Martinez. Like, something we need to stress, just because a manager doesn't keep a really good player doesn't mean he thinks he's a bad player. He just doesn't fit in his uh, structure, his plans, his vision. Pep Guardiola wasn't big on Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He wasn't big on Thierry Henry. He wasn't very big on Yaya Touré. But he never thought they were overrated or shit players. They just didn't fit his own uh, plans. So, yes, I'd love to have Matteo Valbuena, but I would much prefer if Diego Martinez was still here, he was still continuing his vision, continuing, continuing his build-up, continuing his structure, continuing materializing what it is exactly he wanted to do with Olympiacos. It would be awesome if Antonio Cordon was there as well, but... I. And I've said it before many times, the guy's dealing with very a very serious family issue. So Pedro Alves had to come in, and that, that did dent um, our plans. Something I would like to, to add here, uh, there is a very um, there, there is a very respectable member at Olympiacos who told me that every time a new manager comes in, he's been doing this since Valverde returned, he just tells him something very simple. Listen, you're not going to be here for long because either a better club is going to sign you in a couple of years or, let's face it, you're going to get sacked. So just do your thing. Just do your thing. I don't expect Carvalhal to be sacked after tonight. There were... I, my sources did say that Carvalhal would, could be sacked tonight if he lost, but and depending on how he lost, like another four nil loss, five nil loss would have been it. But and you know what I'm telling you, what I would advise him: just do your thing. You know what? You want to bring kids, bring kids. You've done it before. Gabri Vega, Delta, do it. You want to bring Babis Costulas, do it. You want to bring Musakitis, do it. You want to bring Papa Canelos, do it. You want to bring Algasimba, Dipiketa, Badiugufatiga, Kalogeropoulos, Bagalianis. You want to put Zolaikis in goal? Just fucking do it. You're not going to be here for a long. Carlos Carvalhal, you're going to get sacked. Only a matter of time. 
So you know what? Just do your fucking thing. We're going to finish fourth regardless. I don't care who's manager. I don't care if Ernesto Valverde comes back. We finish fourth. Because A, we're not good enough. And B, there's the referees as we saw tonight. I've never, never talked about referees like that. But we saw that last April against the Ike as well when they killed us, the referees. So yeah, you know what, Carlos Carvalhal? Do whatever the hell you want. Do your thing. Do what works. I don't care if we lose from now on. Just do your thing. Um, just just one thing, Mike. Mike Scott put another really good comment here. Uh, let's go backwards. Was it a mistake to fire Corberan? Maybe last year should have been a rebuild year. And I actually remember before before I joined um, before I joined Gate Seven, uh, I remember, Gate Seven International. I uh, remember I was at the airport in Athens, flying back to London, and uh, Kostas with a K was on Twitter saying how he's um. His sources are saying Gorbaran's going, like he's pretty much gone now. And at the time, we'd never actually met. We followed each other on Twitter just because we're, we both work in, in the British press. And um, I remember chatting to you about this and saying how it's ridiculous. You can't be firing someone after a month. Like, what the fuck is this? Why, why are we as a country and as a club just so backwards and firing people so quickly? So, yeah, I agree. I agree with Mike. Like, even though Gorbaran's results were not good and, yeah, it was a really bad period. Like, how the fuck are you, are you firing someone after two months? Like, it's like we can't fire Carvajal now. It's 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 too short. Like, it's not. It's a joke. But yeah, so I I agree. Even even going back then, we shouldn't shouldn't have fired Carvajal two months in or however long sixty days in. How how even how long did he have? Did he get fired in August? He got fired in August, didn't he? No, it's a he lasted. He lasted longer. He lasted longer than. Um... Oh fuck! I forgot her name. The uh, the the that terrible prime minister. Did you list oh, trust? Lasted longer than list trust. <laughs> ta seveste, ta seveste, ta seveste. Oh fuck me! Okay, he lasted longer than list trust. Um, but yeah, he got fired in September. Did he actually get fired in September? Fuck! I don't remember what I was fired. Yeah, because he played oh, European games. It was yeah. yeah. It was uh, Nantes away, and I think he had one more game. Carabag, I think. Carabag. Yeah, but yeah, so I. I I uh, um, I agree with Mike. I agree with Mike. Yeah, I just wanted to point that out. That that was. Posta, any comment. last any last comments before we go to man of the match and coach's grade? Uh, two comments. Uh, we're over an hour in. There's been hundreds of people, maybe thousand plus, that have joined. Thank you all so much. Um, if you're still with us or if you're watching this later, please don't forget to press the like button. Um, uh, a measly. 57 i'm looking now come on guys you can do a little bit better literally just like just click the like button uh right now it really helps us to, uh to find more Olympiacos fans and grow the red and white community all over the world so it means a lot if you're watching and you like what you hear you're enjoying this subscribe uh, become part of the community so yeah guys uh, easy just two clicks uh on the corbaran thing i think that's a really big discussion um you have to ask what did the club want from Corberan? Did they want instant results? That's what Olibiagos wants. Olibiagos is too impatient to build, Way to give impatient. the manager a season. And Corberan was too green for this job. He had to learn on the job, but we didn't have the patience to support him. I think that's, that's an easy way to look at it without going deeper into it. 
Yeah. So guys, uh, we're almost an hour and a half in. So man of the match coach is great. I mean, with what we saw on the pitch, I feel like it's a bit of a bit difficult to, uh, to figure. It's, a, it's a bit challenging. That's a better word. Uh, shall we start with uh, Costas this time? I think Dimitri started last time. Costa, uh, man of the match and coach is great. I think man of the match probably would go to, to Masuras if things had gone normally. But I'd also give a shout out to Retos. I thought he cleaned up really well at the back. I thought Biancon was a bit... Um, he had some moments, like I, Dimitri said, um, showed aggression, which which I like as well. But, you know, he's, you know, he's lost the header on the goal. Yes, he's coming back from a really, really long injury. The second one too, apparently. Um, so Retos really stood out at the back, like driving the ball forward as well. Um, generally been quite impressed with him this season. I thought he had a decent game today. Um, but yeah, otherwise would be Masuras. And coach's grade, uh, <laughs> very hard, again, given given how the game's gone. I I tend to think that his subs were late. I don't know what he was expecting from, from the three subs in the 83rd minute. Um, <clears throat> so I would give him maybe a... C, C plus, because I think he did the best he could do in the midfield. Like I, I was questioning the two-man midfield as I said earlier, but I think there's been a clear instruction there for Hesse to start playing further forward, and I like that. Um, I would have liked to see him throw Algasim Bar on just for the hell of it. Nothing to lose, and um, do you know what? I'm going to say it. I want. I want Omar Richard. I want to see Omar Richards play at left back. We might see that. Uh, Dimitri, man of the match and coach is great. You're already man of the stream. <laughs> I swear this isn't me. <laughs> and I don't I don't think it's my missus either. <laughs> I don't know who it could be. Um because Dimitri's get us popped up before. It's not his first stream. Um so I'm gonna. It's gonna sound really boring because it sounds like what Costa just said. Uh, for me, man of the match by a country mile was Masuras because that second goal was so fucking sexy, and I refuse to admit that it wasn't. Um, it wasn't. Um, it didn't count. First goal really taken really well. I thought. I thought he was. Um, he was the danger really. Two, two goals uh, in my head. Very easy. Um, yeah. Shout out to Retos as well. I, I agree. Um, right now, coach is great. This is where it gets trickier for me. Um, Disappointed with the two midfielders instead of three, as as we've said. So that's obviously docking points. Uh, I get the whole thing that people are ang not angry, but like annoyed with him making subs late. Like especially if you read a lot of Greek uh, Olympiakos Greek fan pages, like people that that comment on um, the Red Duckling, for example. That's like one of the biggest ones. Like I always, he he tends to be like quite like nothing like sensational I, I i do like he's one of the ones that i like reading for example and the comments underneath but the comments underneath today were going crazy about the subs right the subs and how late they are do you know what if you don't trust the people on your bench why the fuck should you bring them on and in our, and 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 this is something i want to credit the coach for the second half we came out a lot better like a lot better like i thought the second half we fucking had them on the ropes the only chances they were making is when we were pushing really forward to, to get that equaliser. Like they weren't, 
Like we we were the bet. I honestly think we were the better side for the majority of the game because we were the better side from probably about the 40th minute to the end of the game. So he whatever he said to them in that obviously the goal right before half time helped. It sort of gave them the, the push, the obviously that they needed. But they came out that second half. They were they, they tried to sort of you know grab the game but and fucking go at Ajax. So. I like to think that the coach had something to do with that. So I want to give him some points for that. And I don't I, I don't want to blame him too much on the late subs because if you're not happy with the subs, fuck him. Don't even make any at all. Like, like if you're not trusting them, I'd rather you don't have to make subs just for making subs sake. If that making subs for, for the sake of it, if that makes sense. Um so what a grade I'd give him is yeah probably a c plus b minus sort of grade because obviously very disappointed with certain things and sort of the capitulation and the shit defending for two goals in quick succession but the turnaround in the second half and how how they sort of went about that i i want to give him praise for um so yeah c plus b minus somewhere around there well, I mean, uh, when it comes to my man of the match, I think I've already said it. I'm going to go with Yoros Masuras, and under normal circumstances, it would have been him. Uh, he had two uh, important opportunities to score for us, two very big opportunities, and he did just that. He scored for us. Um, I feel like all in all, he put together a good performance uh, down the right wing, if I remember correctly. And when it comes to coaches, great. I think I'm going to shock you here. And honestly, I some some fans tonight on the comment section are saying that the referee saved Carvalhal. Well, how did they save him if he led a comeback? He, he technically led a comeback victory. How did they save him? They, they did the exact opposite, actually, for him. Clear Masura's goal. The second goal was clear as day. The penalty was even clear. I assume Costas Fortunis wouldn't screw it up like he did with Lamia because he doesn't tend to miss penalties like Aguilos Basinas, for example, did so with Panathinaikos <laughs> and the, the Greece national team. Don't tell me you didn't shit your pants before that penalty kick against Portugal. Don't tell me you didn't shit your pants. I did. I was eight years old, bro. I don't understand. <laughs> an extra reason. An extra reason why you, you would shit your pants. Anywho, uh, it wasn't a great game, but he did technically lead uh, a comeback victory with in a team that was not built according to him. He didn't have his own players. He didn't have his own preseason. He didn't have any time to do anything with his team. Basically just throwing band-aids left, right, and center, up and down. And I feel like he's getting too much crap, too, way too much unfair crap. I'm giving him an A-. minus Because you know, at the end of the day, it was a comeback victory. This wasn't even a football match. It was a circus. This wasn't a real game that we witnessed over there. We're going to see it again. We're going to see it against Panathinaikos. I am certain of it. And Pauk are going to see it when they play Ayak and Pauk. And we're going to see it again in the playoffs. You know, there's still going to be more of that. So, yeah, I'm cutting him some slack. I gave him an F against La Mia. But in this occasion, Carlos Carvalhal led a stunning comeback victory against a very strong Ayak, despite even though he was coaching a team with a zillion and a half problems. There it is. I, I just want to say something. I just I was just looking at the what time the Panathinaikos game is on Wednesday. It's exactly the same time as the Barcelona game, the basketball game. So it's going to be one of those where we have two screens for, for the ones that watch basketball too. It's literally going to be two screens at the same time. Uh, so yeah, that's that's going to be that's going to be a tricky one.
it's going to be a bit of a piss take. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. Well, that... any final thoughts then before we wrap this up, guys? Um, <laughs> uh, what I'm going to say is to, I mean, it sounds like crazy, but <laughs> this guy, I swear this isn't me. I swear to God, this isn't me. Um, what I'd say he is, knows your address, doesn't he? All, he knows your address. We're all, we're all pissed <laughs> off. We're all pissed off, and we're all angry. But um, I know it's really it's easier said than done. But try not to dwell on it. Like like tomorrow morning, don't let it affect your week. Don't let it affect your day. Like refereeing decisions really piss you off, and it ruins your mood a lot more than your team playing shit because you feel cheated. Uh, but yeah, try try and don't let it fuck you up. Um, simple as that really like at least that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go straight to bed and hopefully wake up tomorrow not in a bad mood so that's what i try to say for all of you guys well i think that's all the time we had guys thank I mean, you very much for joining me guys on the comment section uh thank you so much for uh for joining us uh despite the fact that it's uh it's it's late in quite a few european countries thank you so much for joining us despite of the result despite of all the shenanigans and all the disgrace that took place at Karaskaiki for the second consecutive time let's not forget they did the same ike won thanks to the with the help of the refs uh at Karaskaiki last season in april Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, please do like and subscribe if you haven't done so already. And please join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash gate7intl. Uh, guys, thank you so much for, for joining me. Melisanidi, uh, Natushjerese. Ike, congratulations on winning the 2023-2024 Super League title. And we are going to see you again soon. Oh,